This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on Protection of Human Rights Amendment Bill 2019. The participants are Avinash Mohanani, Security Analyst and Satya Prakash, Journalist. The Lok Sabha has passed the Protection of Human Rights Amendment Bill 2019. Under this amendment, so many difficulties which were faced by the Commission in getting appointed its head, rather the chairman, that has been in a way solved. Mr. Avinash Mohanani, tell us, what are the important provisions of this amendment bill? Basically, it clears the major obstacle of appointment of the chairman of the National Human Rights Commission and the State Human Rights Commissions. Earlier, the provision was that uh, the National Human Rights Commission has to be headed by a former Chief Justice of India. Now, any judge of the Supreme Court of India can be chairman of the National Human Rights Commission and in the states, the in place of Chief Justice of the High Court only, now it has been also extended to appointment of a judge of the state high courts also. So, this has eased out a little pressure on the executive to make appointment on chairman of the National Human Rights Commission and chairmen of the state human rights commission. The second provision is that there were two members earlier of those who have knowledge of the human rights. Now it has been expanded to three members and third member has to be a woman. That's a very welcome development that yes. a woman has been allowed to be part of the National Human Rights Commission. It has been embedded now in the act rather than being optional or depending on the executive's decision. And the third point that uh, has been changed is that earlier certain ex-officio chairmen were members of the National Human Rights Commission, which included chairman of the Commission for Scheduled Caste and National Commission for Scheduled Tribes, National Commission for Women. Now they have extended it to three more members, which are the chairpersons of the National Commission for Backward Classes, the National Commission for Protection of Child Rights, and the Chief Commissioner for Persons with Disabilities. These are the new three ex-official members of the National Human Rights Commission. So it has been expanded to include the largest possible representation across the society. So NHRC now becomes much more inclusive. And the three organizations you are talking about, the chairpersons of which will be now ex-officio members, they have been formed after the enactment of the Protection of Human Rights Act 1993. Yes. And that is why this amendment was... Yeah, this was necessary because those were in a kind of excluded in the present setup. So now they have been brought into the setup and that will make it more inclusive as also more representative of the more society. It has been more than 25 years since we set up National Human Rights Commission. In the last 25 years, what kind of change you see on the human rights front in India? In 25 years, things have changed a lot. There are a lot of petitions now coming to the Human Rights Commission. Similar is the case in the State Human Rights Commission also. So, one is that formation of these institutions have helped us in spreading the awareness among the people about their rights and the remedies available to them. Number two, these institutions have also taken interest in spreading the word about uh, by means of pamphlets, by means of organizing conferences, seminars, etc. to make people aware of their rights. The third thing is that uh, the weaker section of society who can't afford to go to the court or hire an advocate to redress their grievances, 
can now come with a simple petition before a National Human Rights Commission or State Human Rights Commission to get their issue investigated and reparation if they are requesting for this and further bringing the culprits to the book. One particular issue when NHRC was set up in the early 90s, we were under tremendous pressure from the Western human rights organizations. Has that changed in the last 25 or 26 years? If yes, then to what extent? Naturally, if you have a robust mechanism for addressing the human rights issue in within your own country, then obviously the international organizations also feel that uh, the issues are being addressed and they would be slightly careful uh, when they make a presentation to us. But the role of international human rights organization remains valid even today. If there is certain issue, the National Human Rights Commission or State Human Rights Commission can take cognizance of that and investigate on their own. So, whatever the issues are being raised of human rights, by whether it is our uh, own non-governmental organization, by individuals, by domestic human rights organization or by international human rights organization, these are great input to the National Human Rights Commission and the State Human Rights Commissions to investigate these cases because at least brings those issues to the front and you can take cognizance from there and take it forward. That way it's a quite a forward movement that at least some mechanism is there where you can go and ring the bell. Well, there are two, three related issues. One is the issue of the role of police in protection of human rights because in many cases police are on the defensive because of allegations against them. Why is it that uh, the despite so much uh, awareness uh, being done on the part of the civil society, media and uh, uh, National Human Rights Commission, State Human Rights Commissions, still the message has not uh, gone to the police? The issue of custodial death. Now, there are two types of custodial death. One is when the person is in police custody. Other is when a person is in judicial custody, yes. in jails. People die, sometimes intergroup clashes, sometimes commit suicide sometimes because of the ill-treatment or sometimes because of sickness or whatever it is. So, that is one custodial death and this is another custodial death. If you see, the number of custodial deaths have only come down because of the strictness now being exercised by the senior police leadership. This is one aspect on which the police leadership is very strict. That any person who dies in custody, there has to be a, obviously a magisterial inquiry that is mandatory and then the police officers responsible for that are taken to task, they are prosecuted and they are punished also. So, one, the police leadership should do to ensure that such things should not happen in the police custody. And number two, the sensitization has to reach up to the lowest ladder in the police hierarchy. The lowest being the constable and the sub-inspectors or the SHOs who are day in and day out dealing with such issues. They have to be sensitized and they have to be answerable. Apart from the sensitization of the police, particularly at the lower level, do you think it is also a question of inadequacy in the investigation technique? This is not happening much because now the police officers are also very careful. It happens sometimes and we have seen media also picks up certain cases and the cases are then the police officers are taken to task. And one, if you make example of one or two or three or say a dozen police officers, the message goes across and then people don't do such types of things. This is happening 
very at a minuscule level it is reducing considerably, considerably. it has reduced considerably in the country another related issue you also mentioned the role of media in spreading awareness about uh, human rights because human rights is also about making people aware about their rights and i see the role of media is uh, very important in this so how far media has been responsible in doing its job and how far they have done it properly media's role how they have performed in the last 25 years i'm talking about ever since nhrc has been set up look uh, media was far more robust and far more i would say active earlier than it is now it's sad but it is true rather than a media taking up certain cases we have seen in recent times the mobile phone videos which no, are recorded social media it goes on viral on social media but now every bystander can record what is happening what is happening on the street and i think there are millions and millions of smartphones available in this country with a lot of people problem is that when that video goes viral police officers are compelled to take cognizance of that rather i would have thought and i would have been happy if the same case was taken up by the national media or the state media or the district media wherever it is because the tv channels have proliferated across the country right up to the district level or the tehsil level the channel operatives are there they are unable to pick up rather those stories are picked up by the social media yes once it comes in the social media then the media goes there and records uh, whatever they want to record so far more proactive role of uh, media is required which i think is not happening do you think the media is picking up only the sensational stories or they are actually doing a serious human rights reporting look it's a bigger issue because media moves by the trp ratings and other ratings so it's a much bigger issue what people will listen want to listen or they believe what people want to listen that's all the stories will come out on the tv or other channels rather the stories of the common people are generally ignored one of the aspects uh, relating to human rights is uh, the role of uh, civil society in spreading awareness about human rights and uh, working in tandem with national human rights commission or maybe state human rights commissions because the state institutions of human rights and the civil society organizations if they work in tandem then maybe this uh, agenda of human rights will get uh, furthered so how far the role of ngos and the role of the national human rights commission or state human rights commissions uh, they have been complementary to each other it's a complementary role because uh, the state human rights commission and the national human rights commission they have to depend on the information of what has happened on the ground if the non governmental organizations lodge a complaint or draw attention of the these organizations to what uh, happened in a particular case or in a particular situation and then they help them to investigate the case also inquire into the case also so these are all important aspects of the investigation that nhrc or the state human rights commission does so that way both complement each other and that can really make these institutions far more effective if uh, the non governmental organizations support the human rights commission because in many cases they help the victims draft their complaint and 
filed complaint with the National Human Rights Commission or State Human Rights Commissions. In the process, they are with the victims and they help them reach out to these commissions. But do you think their role can be much more? Yes, much more because it's not the case which is brought to the commission. Yes, if they frame the application, they frame the petition, it's fine. But it, they should not stop there. Because then the NHRC and the State Human Rights Commission are supposed to provide for the reparation, for the compensation. So the compensation, they have to ensure that the compensation is awarded. Compensation reaches the person who is affected, who is adversely affected. And further the culprit, if any, in the case, are punished. So the role of NGO is not limited to that only. Further, how to help the victim get again embedded in the society or help the victim come out of that psychological trauma which he or she has undergone. So, counseling, so, uh, their role yeah, is yeah. much so, more. So, NGOs have a major role to play. So, NHRC now becomes much more inclusive and the three organizations you are talking about, the chairpersons of which will be now ex officio members, they have been formed after the enactment of the Protection of Human Rights Act 1993. If I ask you two or three suggestions for NHRC to improve its functioning. It has to be given more teeth, first thing, and far more expanded, because right now its role is recommendatory. So, if you don't have a biting Human Rights Commission, so then what is the use of such Human Rights Commission? Next legislation should incorporate far more powers to the NHRC in the state Human Rights Commission is spreading the awareness among the people about their rights and the remedies available to them than they are presently available. The Lok Sabha has passed the Protection of Human Rights Amendment Bill 2019. Under this amendment, so many difficulties which were faced by the Commission in getting appointed its head, rather the chairman, that has been in a way solved. Let's hope after this uh, Protection of Human Rights Amendment Bill is passed. The next round of amendments will cover all these issues. Thank you very much. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on Protection of Human Rights Amendment Bill 2019. The participants were Avinash Monani, Security Analyst, and Satya Prakash, Journalist. This program was produced and presented by the New Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.